You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. It's been almost five months and 7,300 miles that we've spent with a brand new 2022 Toyota Tundra. And now it is time to bid the Tundra adieu. But before we say goodbye to an old friend, uh, how about we recount, really do a comprehensive look at what happened with the all new Tundra that we had in our fleet for, like I said, almost five months. Yeah. Uh, and kind of go step by step, look at our ownership, the good, the bad, and you know, maybe a couple of ugly elements. Um, and also just, you know, see, has it been a good truck or not? I wanted to add a couple things to that. Absolutely, we do that. But on top of that, I wanted to talk, say thank you to our th- uh, Patreons. Yes. And I also wanted to go real quickly over Toyota Tundra history, because I think it's important that people understand why we got the truck and what led up to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Patreon.com slash TFL car. Thank you for your support. It means a lot to us. It helps us do these podcast shows. Uh, TFL Talking Trucks, the one you're listening and watching right now. Or, of course, uh, TFL Car Podcast as well. That's right. One of the most popular truck podcasts in the world. Yes. And it's helped by our video podcast, of course. It is, of course. So thank you very much for watching and listening. Um, and also, uh, we, we can tease, I think, what because here, here's how we do business at TFL Truck and TFL in general. Because people are going to be wondering why yeah. after only five months yeah. are we getting yeah. out of the why, truck. Why not 12 months? Right, why right. not two years? Why not three years? Uh, because a lot of you guys write me emails at ask at tfltruck.com, and mm-hmm. all of us see it, actually. Um, and you guys say, you know, your long-term update is not very long. <laughs> 
Sometimes that's true. But hey, you know, it's longer than one week, right, that we get with most people. Normally, vehicles. at the most, one or two weeks are what normal loans are from these manufacturers. And for various reasons, we try with our long terms, which we buy, to keep them as long as practical, as long as logical. So bear in mind that everything from the environment, what vehicles are on sale, and also mileage, all of those play into why we rotate these trucks. Yeah. So we do this with used vehicles as mm -hmm. well. Like we've had several used truck and SUV comparisons. Lot, yeah. We have another one coming up soon on TFL Truck, which is our Go Big series. That's going to be exciting. Uh, where, where we have, you know, used SUVs that we were playing with. Giant ones, yeah. Yeah, giant ones. Um, and, of course, we have brand new vehicles as well in our fleet. We're very lucky to do that. So the Tundra was one of those brand new, all new trucks, right? We had to have one. Right. It's been 14 years since the last generation came out. Yep. And we wanted to be the first. And we were basically, you know, one of the first to get one it. One of the very first yeah. to get it. Andre flew out to Houston, Texas. The minute it was available, jumped in the truck and drove it straight back home. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But I really quickly wanted to go over Toyota Tundra history because some of you guys might be wondering, why is this truck so significant? What makes it so important? Um, now, the truck goes back to 1999. That's essentially when that style came out in the United States. The previous to that was the Toyota T100. Mm -hmm. The T100 was Toyota's first attempt here in the United States at fighting the full-size trucks that were out there. And the T100 really was just an enlarged version of the Tacoma, where, I mean, in terms of components yeah. and running gear and what have you. And actually, I kind of want to own one. I've never I've owned one. I've yeah. one. They have a supercharged, well, it's a long story, but yeah. a factory-installed TRD supercharged version, which would be awesome up here in Colorado. Um, plus, I think the size is just phenomenal. It's a great size. Tundra came out, replaced it. Tundra was really the first real shot at going after yeah, the be, big three. Because the T100 was a little bit smaller than the rest, right? It, and it, it really wasn't was. a crew cab, actually. And it didn't have a V8 either. Yeah. So this new Toyota comes out, the Tundra, with a V8, later on two different V8s, and they really started to make a name for themselves, but there were a couple things to keep in mind. First of all, when it came out, it was already kind of behind for one reason. No heavy-duty version, and only a few different types of cab slash bed configurations compared to some of the others like Ford, mm -hmm. right? And over time, they never really caught up with the other automakers when it came to that. The variety was very small. So, okay, we get it. You know, smaller thing. You know, you still have a very reliable truck. Toyota really made them you know, a, a name for themselves with building trucks that last up to a million miles or more. Yeah. So we got that. You know, that was really cool. But... They still remained back in the past when it came to powertrains. Even when they updated the truck and they basically put in a brand new frame, brand new body and everything else um, with their second generation, that still wasn't quite enough because it immediately was being outdated again by other vehicles, including Ford going to a twin turbocharged V6. So let's fast forward to last year, the last model of the uh, Toyota Tacoma, sorry, Tundra, the way you guys remember it with the big V8. Yeah. Fantastic truck. Not very fuel efficient, and once again, kind of lacking on in terms of its... Well, some of the technology was already being dated. Extremely old technology. Which is understandable, right? Uh, and that's the way Toyota did things and does things, right? With almost every vehicle they have, they have the attitude of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Let's keep it running as long as possible. And remember, the longer they build a vehicle, the longer they build anything, 
it pays for itself quicker and quicker because the stampings and everything else and all the uh, research that it took to build the vehicle, every year you continue to build that vehicle, you're making more money because it costs even less to produce mm -hmm. if you look at the return on their investment. So now we're finally up to the day that Andre flew out to Houston, Texas to pick up our new Tundra. Yes, so the Tundra is still built in San Antonio, Texas, which mm -hmm. is very close to Houston. So the way it worked out, that was kind of the quickest way to get it. Right. Because apparently a lot of them, if not all of them, get shipped to Houston, and then they kind of get distributed across the country. That's what I've heard. And, and also to other markets, right? right. Um, for example, Canadian markets and et cetera. So that was very exciting. Um, I was able to grab it. Uh, purchased it once again for the company, mm -hmm. and I drove it about 1,100 miles straight home, almost right away. Yes, yes. Um, that yeah. evening, um, and then the next day, um, I took a break, of course, um, you know, overnight, and I wanted to do kind of a first road trip test and also a fuel efficiency test. Okay, now before you get on that, let's talk about what the truck is itself in terms of what we paid for it and what trim level it is and what it has. Yeah, totally. So we decided on a limited trim. And in Tundra, in Toyota speak, it's kind of a mid-level. Yeah. Right? If you look at like Ford and Ram and some others. That's like near the top. They're like luxury trucks. Well, right, right. in Toyota speak, limited is kind of a mid-grade, mm -hmm. uh, which is cool. And the reason why we chose it, we wanted, first of all, two things. Uh, we wanted um, the latest tech, mm -hmm. you know, the biggest screen, because we wanted to sh share it with you guys. And then we also wanted TRD off-road package. Right. So uh, why didn't for off-roading. Yeah, but why didn't we get the TRD Pro, which is the full hybrid version of the super powerful off-roady truck? That's a great question. It's because it wasn't on sale yet. Right. In fact, the TRD Pro, because it was a hybrid only, uh, is just now, as we speak here in April, is only now coming online and being produced and being sold. Uh, we would have preferred, of course, to get a Pro because it has more tech, right. hybrid technology, et cetera, et cetera, but we couldn't. So we chose this. Um, the Limited was a kind of a simpler way to get the technology we wanted because mm -hmm. we also could have gotten an SR5. Sure. But uh, because we wanted to be first, we were a little bit nervous. So SR5s may not have been built first, et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, we put the TRD off-road package on top of it, which gives you a special suspension, Bilstein. It gives you a rear locker. It gives you some drive modes, right, for off-roading. All of which were not available on the previous model. Uh, exactly, because uh, the selectable locker was not around before then. Which drove me crazy. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've, I've watched many videos of you and Roman screaming, uh, about, it. screaming about it. So, <laughs> so fi you know... and. Like you said, they redesigned every nut and bolt. Every in this thing. nut and bolt. Uh, the frame is new. The suspension is redesigned. It now has coil springs in the back. Yeah. Right. The engine is new. It's a new twin turbo. So twin turbo V6. Um, it its output altogether is better than the V8 that it replaces. And then yeah. on top of that, it's more efficient. Exactly. So 389 horsepower and 479 pound feet of torque, and it's now made it to a 10 speed. Not the six-speed that was there before. Right. And efficiency is up to about 22 in the highway, mm -hmm. uh, depending on the configuration. Right. But you didn't get that at first. No, I did not. And it's understandable, right? So what are the factors of road trip, right? Higher speeds usually. Yep. Because I'm going on a highway and I try and, I'm trying to get home. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, it's a brand new engine. So it's I mean, not literally, off the, just came off the assembly line. Off, it hasn't been Off the in. truck right yeah. there. Yeah, it hasn't been um, in. Off the train. I think it's maybe even was on the train from San Antonio to Houston. Okay. Anyway, um, so those factors combined, and I... Well, in the middle of the trip, I did a check on the mm -hmm. fuel efficiency, and I got about 18.9. Okay. 
it doesn't sound like spectacular, but when you consider the previous truck got about 14 <laughs> or sometimes <laughs> on less. A good, on a good day. On a good day. Right. And considering then some other trucks like F-150s even and Rams and GM trucks get about the same on the trip, that's a good result. That means the truck is now, is, you know, if not better than average, it's just on par with everybody else. Agreed. Agreed. So let's talk about that trip and then work our way to what happened next. Yeah, so the trip was actually, what what impressed me the most is just kind of the, the cabin, the, the quietness of it, right? And it's kind of important during a road trip because, you know, you're going long distance, you don't want to hear, you know, lots of noise, you don't want to get tired, um, especially driving by yourself. Uh, and I had my wireless Apple CarPlay, you know, loaded up on the... I was listening to my podcasts. I was listening, you know, to music. Right. And it was a great experience. I, with one exception, uh-huh. it was my seat bottom comfort. I wasn't, my legs were not super happy. So my legs were partially, you know, kind of sometimes they fall asleep a little bit sure, sure. when you're sitting weird. So I don't know, maybe it's just my build, the way that my body is. But I, for the long haul, I did not find the seats very comfortable. Okay, and you're not the first person to say it either. Um, some people with stubby legs seem to be more comfortable driving that than people with really long legs. And I like am, giraffes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or you and, uh, and Roman. Okay, uh, and and Grant too, by the way. Yeah, all of which are just ridiculously tall. So um, that is one issue, and another issue that I'm just going to throw up right now is that the the few times that I have driven that truck, I had some infotainment issues, and I I really didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of some of the tech, um, especially being screamed at by the lane keep system. Stuff like that kind of bothered me, but the actual ride with the coil springs is vastly superior to the vehicle it replaces. It rode so much better. Yeah, and I think I agree. And I think it's also the testament to the uh, tier D off-road package because mm-hmm. the suspension is tuned a little bit softer maybe yeah, for, off-roading. for off-roading. And the Bilstein shocks are mm-hmm. pretty high-quality uh, product. Right. So I'm really glad that Toyota and Bilstein are working together on this. And they actually have Bilsteins in the Tacoma lineup as well. So the two companies have been working together for some time. Correct. Uh, which is really, really great. Um, We'll talk about off-roading later. Yeah, uh, because we did that's, it. That's, yeah, we a did lot a lot of it. Of it. Yeah. Um, but we also, how about um, for the next one, how about we talk about towing? Because we did that's a, lot. a huge part of what we do. Yeah, and really there were, I would say, three real towing trips that we did with that truck. Now, that may not seem like a lot, but bear in mind that these towing trips encompassed thousands of miles so it's a lot of driving with uh, a big, heavy trailer behind you. Yeah, as of right now, when we are saying goodbye to this Tundra, mm-hmm. uh, we have 7,300 miles, 7,300 miles in just a short period of time. Right, and I estimate uh, that about the, uh, almost, almost 4,000? 4, I would say more towing. than half, yes. Yeah, more than half we're towing. We're actually towing miles. <laughs> yeah, and, and not lightweight either. We're talking pretty heavy trailer. 8,000 8, pounds of yeah. trailers. And, and a trailer that doesn't like to be towed that much in terms of its uh, wind resistance and drag. So we'll cover that in a sec. So yeah. I just we wanted all, to throw that out there. And we've also done iGauntlet, at least one of I mean, at least, well, two of them. Yeah, two of them. Um, I so iGauntlet is World's Toughest Towing Test, which is what we do at TFL Truck. Yeah, we started it. Uh, and you actually coined the term. I did I, indeed. iGauntlet. Yeah. Yes. Um, because Eisenhower uh, Johnson Memorial Tunnels is at the, at the top of I-70. 
uh, continental divide, mm -hmm. and up to it, it's about eight miles of 7% grade. Super, super hard highway to tow on. Right. We're talking about an elevation that is very difficult on all engines, especially gas engines, and then especially naturally aspirated ones. However, if you have a diesel that's usually turbocharged, or in this case, a turbocharged V6, it performs much better. Yeah, so we got uh, pretty good results. In fact, we had a sound meter uh, during our first test mm -hmm. on the Ike. It was the quietest cabin of any other truck we tested. Which is extraordinary because Ford is really good at making a quiet yeah. cabin. They, they yeah. pride themselves on quiet tuning. And then Ram did the same. Right. Ram also upped their game. Yeah, but, but this was quiet. And one of the reasons why that engine really surprised me, this is my favorite part of the truck. We were towing a heavy load at high speed, and 60 it, miles an hour. Yeah, and it was just over 2,000 RPM. It was behaving almost like a diesel. It just, and this is, this is a turbocharged engine. Turbocharged engines usually require pretty high RPM to really make that power, right? In this case, it's just kind of lagging along. Yeah, I'm good. And it just, it, it felt like an old school diesel going mm -hmm. up the hill. It never needed power input to go up that hill any quicker than it did. A remarkable, remarkable achievement. Yeah, which also makes it kind of re more relaxing for the driver, right? I agree. The, because, you know, hearing the engine. Yeah, the engine is not like, you know, approaching redline, right? Like the Tacoma would. Yeah. yeah. yeah or some other midsizers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So cranking up the hill. So it, it really worked well. And also the other remarkable part was the stability of it, I, f I felt. Mm -hmm. Because, well, so they made the frame a little bit wider in the rear than before. Yeah, they offset the, uh, the suspension too, so it's further out. Yeah, so stability was remarkable. And when they say the truck will tow, you know, over 11,000 pounds of rating, mm -hmm. they mean it. I mean, uh, towing 8,000 pounds like, like we were doing, uh, I felt like we could load another 2,000 pounds in there easily and still be st stable and still be confident in towing. Yes, but there were a couple questions that's including payload because the payload in that truck is kind of interesting. Yeah, it's it's once again kind of on par with competition. Yeah, uh, fourteen hundred pounds is the payload on our truck. Uh, obviously, other models, you know, two wheel drive models, lower, you can go yeah. higher or lower depending on your. Um, it depends a lot on the options you have inside of your truck. Our truck does not have a sunroof. No. It does not have a panoramic roof. Um, it does have he uh, ventilated and heated seats. Um, so it has some luxury. But, it, but they're like thick leather, if, I'm, if I recall, aren't they? Yeah, it's, it's kind of the, uh, I forget what they're called. Pleather but, or but, whatever. But, but it's not the high-end capstone leather from <laughs> well, the Lexus, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so 1,400 pounds is good. Like we had the Ram 1500 backcountry, mm -hmm. right? Uh, had almost the same payload. Right. 1,400 pounds is just about average for a half-ton four-wheel drive crew cab, uh, which is this truck is. Um, so I wasn't blown away by that either, you know. And right. actually, if you look at the curb weight of the Tundra, it's a little bit heavier than the rest. They overbuilt it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it just has that kind of heft. It certainly feels like it's a heavy truck, but it performs like a much lighter truck. And part of that does have to do, once again, with the coil spring suspension. I noted back in the day, years and years ago, I got to go to the event for the Ram when they sw swapped Rams over to Coil Springs. It was the same type of thing, night and day, in terms of regular street performance and day-to-day -day performance. But let's go into, so now we've had the truck for a little while, and now it's time for its first big tow. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we did a couple of them, like you mentioned. So the first big major trip was also towing, actually, 
the truck, Grant, on our, on our team, took the truck from Denver to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. unladen, with, with no load. Actually, there was a motorcycle. Yeah, there was, was a little he, motorcycle in the he back. He was delivering. Yeah, it was, it was like uh, it a was monkey. a Honda. No, no, no. It was, it was different. Yeah, it was the Honda thing. Honda Navi. That's right. I think it was, it was a, a little Navi. Yeah, so was that a... No. Anyway, the, we're, we were delivering a motorcycle. Yeah. It was a little Honda, but it wasn't a Navi because we picked up a Navi. That's right. We picked up the uh, Navi and yeah. we dropped something else off. Yeah. So, so once again, a little bit of payload in the truck. Uh, Grant was just... On, the, on his way down to Los Angeles, he stopped to rest, I think, in St. George, mm-hmm. uh, Utah. Um, and then he got up actually about the same MPG unladen, actually with a motorcycle, kind of laden, mm-hmm. uh, about 19 MPG. Once again, high speed, highway driving over like three mountain ranges that he went. Um, so he was pretty happy with it, actually. He yeah. said that it was comfortable once again. And then we hitched up a big camping trailer. That's right. So let's talk about that trailer. It was it was unique because it's not your average bumper pool travel trailer. This thing yes. is beefy. It, it was heavy duty. Yeah. It is heavy duty. Yeah, it is. Uh, Black Series HQ19. So mm-hmm. Black Series, and we've had, a, had it on our channel, actually, a couple times. Several times, actually. Yeah, actually, we've done many towing kind of uh, videos with it. Um, Black Series actually originated, it's kind of Australian design. It's partially constructed in China, and mm-hmm. then they ship kind of the big exterior uh, components mm-hmm. to Los Angeles. Right, where they do uh, the final assembly. Yeah, the city of industry. Does that sound right? Yes, yeah, city, city of industry. Yeah, okay. that's where we were. So uh, we picked it up at the city of industry uh, where they finish everything, you know, the interiors and all the components. And this trailer, just by itself, with nothing, no supplies inside of it, weighs almost, you know, just over 7,000 pounds okay. because it has a heavy-duty frame. It has heavy-duty suspension. Right. Um, it's aluminum construction as far as the framing is concerned. Big, beefy uh, tires, and big, it huge sits tires. very high, yes. too. I mean, the ground clearance on the thing is ridiculous. Yeah, because it's built for kind of overlanding trips. So it's you not can kind take, of. It is built for yeah. overlanding and trips. And we did overlanding with it, actually. We did indeed, and it is built for that, although it is also very tall, and it's fleet-sided, and it is not what I would consider an aerodynamic marvel. Yes, and it's 25 feet long. Yes. It's called HQ-19 because the interior is 19 feet long. Right, but the whole but frame. But it's actually the whole frame. It has two spare tires on the back. Yes. So, I mean, this beast is big. It's, it's so, a big trailer. So we towed it on the way back. You know, leaving Los Angeles, uh, we didn't start our efficiency in Los Angeles because you have to climb, 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 climb. And that's right. not fair. It's not fair when you're climbing like 4,000 feet just to start. <laughs> right, right, right. So you just got to so get the hell out we, of LA. We got near Barstow, I there think. There yeah. um, And then we kind of said, let's fill up, you know, let's start our MPG loop right here. Now, you flew out to get the trailer. Yeah, because right. we, we met Grant in Los Angeles. Right, yes. right. Uh, so I flew to LAX, Grant picked me up, bam, and we sw- swap, swap bike bikes uh, at Honda. Uh, by the way, TFL Bike, you got to check out that channel. Yes, yes, the boys at TFL Bike, even though they do have issues, they are great guys and do great motorcycle what, stuff. What issues do they have? Lots, lots of psychological and personal issues. Okay, so uh, watch, anyway, watch the channel. Which is half the fun right there. Now, um, but, but in all honesty, we went and swapped bikes out. So now we do have a Navi, which weighs... Like, like 200 pounds a, a, ish, just under a little 200 bit more. Pounds, I think. Oh, it's a little more. But it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a small bike, yes. and we put it in the back of the truck, but we also put in all of our gear and our sleeping And the trailer. And the trailer. And there are three guys in there. Right. So Alex and I and Grant. So there are three dudes, a motorcycle, 
towing the trailer. This thing was maxed out on payload. Right. I think we had at least 1,400 pounds, you know, maybe a couple pounds more. Yeah, so we probably went over payload, which we discussed Just before. By, by a couple of but, pounds. Yeah, which... We never, never, we were not advocates of this, not one bit. But in this case, we just assumed we'd be at, and so we were just slightly over. Um, and they, you know, Andre is the pro, so he figured out, you know, maybe the motorcycle shouldn't hang off the tailgate. It should be closer to the cab and, you know, all these other things. Yeah, so figured we, out. we tried to distribute the weight exactly, the, the best exactly. we could. So, and probably some of you viewers are like, well, why didn't you put the motorcycle in the trailer? And that's a really good question, Andre. It is. Uh, they also built a toy hauler um, version of the Black Series. But the one we had But the ones uh, we had did not. And I, I, I actually considered opening the regular door right, and shoving that motorcycle in there. But it, it's a luxury trailer. We didn't it's want to leave gasoline on the inside of it just in case or, or rubber. Or damaging the countertops and beautiful cabinetry. Yeah. And How much is this trailer worth? It's $95,000. $95,000. And this is luxury appointments, you know. Yeah, yeah uh, it's so beautiful interior. So that's why we didn't throw the motorcycle in there. And it was like, ah, there you go. Just the, the, very good reason for that. So let's talk about the trip itself. So, yeah, so we got, uh, we measured the fuel efficiency again because we always do this. We want to give you real-world scenarios because you do this. You could be doing this, too. Precisely. You know, towing a camping trailer on your vacation. Mm -hmm. uh, once again, uh, the, the ride, so a couple things were against us. Also, the wind. It was quite windy. Mm -hmm. So, and what we found out was uh, because this Black Series trailer has, you know, that articulating three-dimensional hitch. Right. So, it's not block. a pinkle hitch, but it's similar to it in terms of it's, it's built for off-roading. Yeah. So, so, it can articulate over obstacles. It's called polyblock. Um, and there was some sway because we had hard winds, cross winds coming across us. And there was a bit of sway and we didn't have a weight distribution hitch because of polyblock design. It's a very specific design. So right. we, didn't, we couldn't just go stop at Harbor Freight and slap one, slap, yeah. slap one on there. So that was a part of the issue. But still, the truck helped us um, you know, stay safe. And I think we got, if my memory serves, just under 9 MPG. Okay. Which does not sound good. But you guys were flying down the road, and you had high winds, and you had maximum and were, load. And we had maximum load, exactly. Right, right, so, right. So uh, maybe if you have a big trailer like the Black Series, maybe like a three-quarter ton diesel truck might be better for you. Right. But still, the Tundra did it with safely and and Now, I noticed a little, bit of, a little bit of squat, but it wasn't too bad. It, it was squatting, bad. yeah, of course. It was squatting, but it wasn't too bad. It wasn't dangerous. Right, and the headlights adjust, am I right? Exactly, which is a really cool feature. And it's actually the headlights are adjustable with a... The driver can do it. Right. Not automatically as well. So, um, and exactly, so... If somebody happens to flash you, let's say you're towing heavy mm -hmm. and your nose is a little bit high, you can just, uh, on the left side by the steering wheel, just lower the headlights and everybody's happy. Now, what's cool is that the old Tundra could do that as well, but not as easily. You actually had to get do a little bit of work and a little bit of acrobats, uh, acrobatic uh, movement in order to get to it and make it move. Now, you guys drove basically to Moab, Utah. Am I correct? Exactly, because uh, we wanted to uh, drive uh, with the trailer off-road which we did. We went to Onion Creek Trail in near Moab, Utah, which is a light trail. Mm -hmm. But this was, what, February? Yeah, about And that. the creek was frozen over in most places. And what happens was 
you become an icebreaker. You start driving on top of this ice. It's like driving on creme brulee. Yes, and then you go boom, and it kind of you break through the ice. And you drop down. And it's only maybe six or eight inches that you drop down, so right. not huge uh, drop, but still. This well, is tough on the truck oh, and the trailer. Oh, big time, because now you're pushing a bunch of ice, which is creating more resistance. On top of that, you're driving through sub-freezing temperatures and, and water. And towing. And towing. And here's the funny part, uh, inside story, guys, is that when Andre was getting there, I wasn't with him, which is a shame because I would have laughed. Um, the Was it the park ranger who kind of came by? He's like, I don't know where you're going to turn that thing around, son. We met... A couple people, uh, there was a couple, a very nice couple in a Subaru, mm-hmm. uh, and they were like, we don't recommend you go, because th- their eyes were big. You know how my eyes get big sometimes? <laughs> yes, I do. Their eyes were big because they're like, what is this guy doing? Why is he driving this giant trailer through yeah. the ice and all this stuff? And they're like, we're like, eh, it's okay. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then, Famous and last then, words. And then, yes, and then uh, we met some off-duty land management uh, guys, which yeah. were great guys. And gals, actually. Um, and they were like, first of all, uh, one of our GoPros happened to fall off my tailgate. And they actually found it, picked it up, and gave it back to me. Which is awesome. Incredible. We never get that. Uh, yes. And they happened, not, they happened to see it, and they did not drive over it, which could <laughs> which have been dangerous, right? People have done that to us before. Y- yeah. So, and then they were like, anyway, so... So, yeah, so... And they suggested that, yeah, there's no place to turn around. And, and they were in the Ford Explorer. Yeah. And right. they, they said, you, pro- you probably should turn around. But turning around a 25-foot trailer, it's easier said than done. So... Right you are, Andre. Everything was fine. We have a full video on TFL truck. Uh, I was sweating a bit turning yeah. this thing around because I was like, you know, the other danger of this, in the canyon by Onion Creek, there's no reception yeah. whatsoever. We had one vehicle, you know, we, there was no support vehicle following us. I'm like, if I get stuck here, we're going to be here for at least a day. Yes. Maybe more. Yes. Thank goodness we have a luxury trailer where we all <laughs> get to sleep camp in. out, yeah. So uh, another quick backstory is that uh, in Onion Creek, we did have an incident years ago with a vehicle that did break down. And I had to stay behind in a tent when the guys, had, they yes. had to go out to Denver, well, to Boulder. Get a trailer. Get a trailer and then come back and tow that vehicle out. So I can attest to Andre's perspective. A, no reception. And B, it really sucks if you don't have something nice to stay in if you're stuck there. Well, um, you had something else going on. There were coyotes uh, walking around your tent. I, they were mating calls. It was insane. But Did they want to mate you or I don't something know. else? I, they got really close to my tent. Like Their noses were pressed against the tent. I can actually see the outline of their nose pressed in. At like three and you morning. had like no weapons to. to oh, I, I made a weapon. All right. Oh yeah, I, I, I was I was ready to go. Okay. Yeah, I, I watch I watch movies. No, it was it was pretty horrible. Um, anyway, the point is is that Onion Creek, great place by the way, especially if you wanted to just light off roading and, and be in the desert. But at the same time, not good for reception and not good for towing a long trailer that you want to turn around in the middle of nowhere. And Andre managed to do it. He did. There, there was there minor damage, really, nothing huge, right? Well, um, not, not so I happened to bend slightly the jack on the trailer, uh, you know, the leg that comes down off of the trailer. So I bent that, sorry, Black Series. Um, <laughs> well, uh, and then, and then um, before this trip, Roman and I went off-road, and Roman made put a crack in the rear bumper, uh-huh. which we'll talk about next, um, and I added to the crack. I made the crack bigger. 
because of the ice. Yeah, the, the ice was a problem. Well, that ice is is it's not friendly and not easy to go through. So you made it through all that. You you made it around. Yeah. You got out of there and got back home. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a whole experience, and it was a testament actually to the truck. That truck ran flawless. Yeah, and also the trailer mm-hmm. uh, helped us get over obstacles, which right. was, which was incredible for a big trailer like this. Sure. So then we had a different trip, just to wrap up the towing. Uh, Grant and I, once again, we went from Denver to Phoenix. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just another 1,100 miles approximately, right. or 1,000 miles. And we were actually delivering our one of our classic trucks, the F1, Ford F100. Yeah, that's for a new series that's uh, coming out. Yeah, we were still working on the series. It's We're trying to repower this old, tired uh, Frankenstein F100 truck. So stay tuned on that. We're working with a company called Legacy EV, mm-hmm. uh, which is an electrification kind of kit and education company. So so stay tuned for that. That's going to be exciting. We're kind of in the middle of this project, so not we cannot talk that's about everything. That's why we everything. can't talk about it very yeah. much. So um, not all the specifications, et cetera, et cetera. So that's coming. That's very exciting. Uh, and it did a little bit better. I got like 9.3 MPG towing, right. once again, 8,000 pounds. I was going to say it's so close heavier to the same. trailer. Yeah. But a little bit more dynamic because the pickup truck, even though it's old, it's still rounded. It's still as, a little yeah. slightly rounded, so it's a little bit more aerodynamic. Right, so, right. And it's not as tall, obviously. So, so we got slightly better fuel efficiency, towing greater weight. Right. So that's just kind of a testament. So it depends on what you're towing, basically. Right. Also, it depends on the route that you're taking too. Because let's be honest, you know, you're. You it still was relatively mountainous. Um, not as much though. Right. Because we had to go to Albuquerque first, mm-hmm. and then turn, go to Flagstaff, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So. So and then on the way back, did you tow stuff too? I think you did have to tow at least the trailer. Yeah, uh, Grant brought the empty trailer back, and okay. I don't remember what he got. I think he got like 13 MPG. Which, once again, makes sense. Yeah, empty trailer. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. So, okay, so we towed, as you can see, you know, in a very short amount of time, we towed a lot with it. But we did more with it than just tow. We took the damn thing off-road, we did. Yes, and we also drag raced it several times. <laughs> several times. Yes, so we have drag race videos with it. Let's talk about off-roading because that's yes. important. Yes, and it then is. maybe we can round up with a drag race. Right. Um, so good and bad. Um, I think the TRD off-road package is an affordable package. It costs, well, there's several of them for the new Tundra, but ours was about $3,000. For that, you get wheels and tires. Right. You got Bilstein shocks, you got rear locker, you got some drive modes, mm-hmm. and just, you know, kind of a visual, also some of the visual elements to it. So relatively affordable package, relatively capable package, but there are a couple of issues. Okay. So, oh, you get skid plates too. Yes. A couple of issues. Uh, there's a chin that hangs down. There's a low chin. Um, so the approach angle is not the best mm-hmm. in class by far. Also, tire wheels are 20-inch rims wheels so the profile of the tire is not very big no so airing down and having really beefy sidewall and all that not as easy to do with a giant wheel and i'm not sure i mean they look good but i wish toyota would also offer maybe another option or an 18 or something yeah 17 or 18 so you get some beefier sidewall so you can air down and maybe have some better traction overall although um i took uh, the Tundra versus the Ram 1500 Mm -hmm. on one of our trails, the Rocky Top Trail in in Colorado. And I actually was impressed by the traction of these tires. 
They did really well. The yeah. four-wheel drive system is really good. That's what I hear. And it does have you know off-road modes that also help you when you're off-road, which is yeah. great. And the rear locker, click, you can click it. It engages. It just fires but, right But away. only in four low. So you have to be in four low. So it won't, it won't engage in four high? Right. Well, and I don't know why uh, Toyota decided to do that. But I guess, I guess they're thinking about uh, low speed crawling, basically. Okay. Fair enough there. But there is a problem. Despite it, the, yeah, I'm looking does at Does it have right to now. be in the front? <laughs> yeah, it does. So for those of you who are listening, we are talking about the very front end of the truck. And there's something that's missing. I know I talk about it a lot. I know that seems like I belabor the I, point. I also talk about it. But I think we agree on this. It doesn't have tow hooks, and that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. No tow hooks up front. Correct. Um, so there's a couple of things going on here. First of all, so because we've we tried to study this question. Mm-hmm. First of all, there is a aerodynamic chin spoiler that come that's movable, comes yeah. out on speed and goes up. So there's some mechanisms behind the front bumper. Sure. Also, uh, what appears to be happening is Toyota's thinking into the future, and future. Um, crash protection and safety regulations and tow hooks because they're so stiff in the front may not be very friendly to future regulations <laughs> understandable right i guess but what happens if you're trying to help your friend pulling them out and it's happened to me before or you get stuck yourself i've been in half a dozen vehicles where i use the tow hooks and that's just light off-roading uh, and just certain situations. I've been with people dozens of times who have used tow hooks because I hang out with a bunch of guys who, you know, take Jeeps off-road and whatnot or large trucks. Every single pickup truck that's currently being built has tow hooks up front. Toyota does not. Now, yes, maybe they're thinking about the future and safety, but they can find a way to make sure that you have some access, which there's none, Underneath the truck, in the front, somewhere where you can hook up something to drag someone or yourself out of trouble. And right. that is a huge issue. Well, you know, some cars have little cutouts yeah, and you yeah. screw an actual an, hook. An eye hook. An right? eye hook yeah, into yeah. it. Or an eyeball. I mean, yeah. uh, so, you know, a couple of things. So, first of all, the aftermarket, I'm sure, will take uh, solve some of this. I'm sure they will. Um, there's also, like, some customized bumpers already being developed and designed. Which is good. And may, or maybe Toyota themselves may have an accessory of but some sort. But it doesn't make any sense because they didn't even do that on the TRD Pro version of the truck, which you thought, or I thought, yeah. okay, maybe they'll do it on that one and then it'll make sense. Then no, it does have a that, different bumper. And it still does not have tow hooks. Right, exactly. Right. So my biggest gripe, really, out of having this truck in our fleet for five months, so almost half a year, is really the tow hooks. That is really my biggest issue. I got used to the way it looks. It's still not my favorite looking truck. It's okay. Um, I think that we can both agree that Toyota took a major leap in the right direction because they took a truck that wasn't competitive. And let's face it, guys. I know a lot of you guys are huge fans of the old Tundra, but the old Tundra on paper was not competitive with what Ford, GM, and Ram were building. Not in terms of, you know, its overall efficiency efficiency and capability, right? And and towing capability as well. Right. So they went from that point and they did a huge leap over their previous truck and right in the middle of the mix of these other trucks. But they did not build something that's class leading really in any way that I can think of. Yeah, I I would agree with you there. And so just to kind of continue on the off-road capability of this truck, I think it has a lot of good elements. Uh, The four-wheel drive system, like we just mentioned, is really great. Um, It still has that uh, sometimes a glitch where shifting from too high to four high 
sometimes takes a while. Mm-hmm. It's just a little temperamental. And I think this is my take on it. I think it's because uh, they talk about the transfer case being very, very heavy duty because this is Toyota. You right. Know, they, they will not they accept. They overbuilt it. They overbuilt stuff. So maybe because it's a larger chain that's inside the transfer case, this is just my take on it. Maybe it's sometimes it's temperamental. It doesn't want to shift from one to the other. It also doesn't have all-wheel drive mode which a lot of other competitors do. Almost every other competitor does. Yeah, I, I think the Titan does not, yeah. but everybody else does. Exactly. So, so so that's another question. Yeah. Maybe Toyota still prioritized durability, ultimate reliability over that feature. When you get a chance to drive the Capstone, I'm curious whether or not they added uh, all-wheel drive to that. I don't think so, because yeah. I've seen it in person. I've seen yeah. the Capstone. And no, I don't know. All-wheel drive is not available. That's and crazy. why is this a big deal? So it's a big deal in states like Colorado, up, upstate New York, other areas where... Snow belt. Snow belt. Yeah. Uh, where the, sometimes there are conditions where it's, some of the road is dry and some of the road is either slippery or wet. And you don't know, am I in four-wheel drive or am I in two-wheel drive? Right. So putting it in all-wheel drive just solves that problem for you. My old Nissan Pathfinder had an all-wheel drive option. It did. It had an auto option. You know, actually, brilliantly. My, my neighbor, my neighbor Tim, uh-huh. he has a two, he had a two thousand one GMC Sierra heavy duty. Mm-hmm. His two thousand one truck had all wheel drive mode, so we know it's possible. Exactly. So I, I don't want to hear anybody's so, giving. You know, it's. I'm sure there's packaging reasons, and I know that they did a lot of things to make sure that this truck is fairly affordable. And in honesty, if you look at the various trim levels, SR five on up. It's a fairly affordable truck considering all the new tech it has. Ours had a sticker of 57,000 about like 125. Right, and it's a mid-level truck at that point. Exactly. And but it is a four-wheel drive with a tiered off-road package. So it had a lot going for it. Right, right, more goodies. Uh, so yes, it is still a good value because I think Toyota still has an eye for this, right? They mm-hmm. have an eye for affordability even though they now have the capstone which is also $70,000 plus, but it's a more refined interior. It's basically the Lexus of Tundras. It's almost the Lexus of Tundras. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, still the value I think is pretty good. If you don't, we, we're not going to mention markups right now. It's no, a we're different not going to go there. No. So, so uh, overall, I would, like I said, off-road capability is both good and bad. There's a lot of good about it. But some of the clearances are not as great as they could be. Right. The tires maybe are not as great uh, for airing down. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of uh, little um, hitches with it. So let's uh, let's start to boil this down and just give kind of our overall impression of owning this vehicle for a while and really driving the hell out of it. Because if you think about how many miles we put on it in this amount of time, which is one of the reasons why we're getting rid of it, because we have an excess of miles over the average of what the miles should be. Yes. And also, um, you guys are getting tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other part. You know, we Toyota. The Tundra's been in like every five videos that we produce with truck. We've done twenty five of twenty five videos feature where the, this Tundra was a part of. Yes. So and just recently we had another drag race. Exactly. So at some point, uh, you guys who watch TFL Truck, they're like, "What's next?" Yeah. You know, uh, we 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 know the Tundra now. Yes. So. Exactly. So and 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 we will revisit Tundra as often as they give us an opportunity. Well, for example, to. we still haven't done an Ike with a hybrid. Right. So that that's coming. That's I, I I promise. Yes. So I'm I'm working with Toyota and I'm trying to get a hybrid Tundra, and we should get a Pro very soon, which it, is it, huge. Yes. So that's coming. Um, so overall, to kind of summarize what 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 happened, we also did an oil change, by the way. 
I'm holding an oil change report in one of the images, if you're watching. Um, and be, we did an oil change at about 5,000 miles, even though technically, you know, that oil change meter mm -hmm. said, please maintain it uh, after 10,000. Uh, in the manual, in the owner's manual, it said, if you're putting too many mi uh, a lot of miles on the truck, or you're working it hard, please uh, change the oil sooner. Which is what we Which were doing. Which is what we were doing. Yes. So, and the, and the report, uh, the analysis report came just, just, just fine. Yeah. It was one of the first Tundra turbocharged engines they, they, the lab saw, but they did nothing like, there was no warning signs that something no was No shavings bad. or anything else? No. Or contaminants? Uh, no contaminants, no fuel, no significant fuel in the oil, which right. kind of tells you that there may be some leaks going on. Or right. some, none of that. It was, we, we never had any wastegate turbocharger issues that people mention sometimes. No, the mechanics um, of the vehicle were strung the entire time. Some of you guys emailed us, and like, are your bolts loose on the axle? No. no. There were no loose bolts. <laughs> there were no turbocharger issues. The truck was really strong. It was. So now to wrap up, and I, I agree with you on all that. And by the way, just so you know, yes, we drag raced it a lot because we like to do that. And uh, it's quick. It's not the fastest truck we've had, but it's a quick truck. And it is quicker than it's uh, the previous model, which was totally fine on its own. Yeah. And just, you know, we're, we're saying the older Tundra, you know, was, you know, dated. But both you and I love the V8 sound that the old Tundra do. With that TRD yeah. exhaust package, it was one yeah. of the best sounding V8 So still, there. of course, we appreciate that. Uh, you and I, so you were in the Ram. Mm -hmm. I was in the Tundra. We did the drag race yep. at IMI Motorsports. And uh, I got a 7.7 approximately second 0 to 60 during that drag race. Yeah. This is a mile above sea level. Right. So that's decent. That's not like the quickest EcoBoost time that no. we've had. Uh, but still, compared, it was quicker than the Ram. In fact, by a, by a couple of feet. Actually. And most of you guys would mail in and call in and, and send horrible vibes saying, yeah, do that again at sea level and let's see what happens. And I'm willing to bet that at sea level it would be a much closer race. Yeah. But it was already really close. Yeah. And uh, another thing that the Tundra sometimes does, at least ours did this, um, I don't want to call it lag because it's a pretty good powertrain, mm -hmm. but it just wakes up at higher RPMs. There's, it's not super linear. It's like power, power, and then it, it gets even higher power. Because then it so, knows you're asking for it or something so, like that. So, and even in sport mode, it does that too. Yeah. So, so launching this Tundra is a little tricky, mm -hmm. so you just need to do it just right. But I think, like you said, at sea level, that race could have gone to the Hemi, yeah. but still the Tundra is quite good. Yeah, it is. So we have a, a bunch of videos that are on TFL Truck that feature the Tundra in drag races, plus on our new drag race course, which is over a quarter of a mile long. So we can actually really test it at high elevation. And it's an interesting way of testing a variety of different trucks, I'll tell you. Yeah, and the other thing on the inside, so the interior overall lasted pretty well. I know it was a short time. Yeah. Um, like you, you mentioned this with the technology, the profiles and the pin numbers that you have to enter. It was annoying. I, I yeah. wish Toyota make it a little bit more transparent. Maybe don't force people to dumb do it that. down. I say dumb it down. Keep or, it simple. Or just put it in the background. Yeah. Like if I do want to enter my profile, let me do it myself. Don't like force it. You know, don't force it on me. You know what I'm saying? I agree. No, I know so, exactly what you're saying. So, so some of those elements were a little bit annoying on this truck. Uh, it never let us stranded. It never, you know, never broke down. Was never in the shop. Like I said, we changed the oil on it. That that's all we did. Mm -hmm. That's all we did to uh, take care of this uh, vehicle. 
Um, so overall, quite positive. So I would say to wrap up, it caught up to the competition. I think it's there. Right. It didn't really leapfrog the competition in any way, any measurable way, I would say. Now, the question is, and we won't know this for another few years, whether or not this new powertrain is as reliable as the old Toyota powertrain. And I have a feeling that they tested the crap out of it. They actually took an extra year. They did, yes. Yeah, they literally did. A full year on top of what they were normally going to do. So this truck has been tested, and I think that it's fair to say that they're going to try to hit this as reliably as possible. So yeah, it's a good point right and, there. And they launched it during the pandemic, of course, yeah. right? It came out, what, in December of 2021, mm-hmm. a little bit before that. We picked it up, like, on December 2nd. We were one of the first people. So that was difficult to do, obviously, <laughs> yeah. uh, as it was for everybody uh, in the world and in the industry. Um, so, and of course, there are some hiccups. There may be some hiccups along the way, but I think overall. Before we wrap this up, I wanted to quickly go over something that did happen to us. And this can happen to anybody who gets a first run brand new truck that's on an all new platform with all new components. As we mentioned, Roman uh, did a minor bit of damage to the rear of the truck uh, on the bumper, basically, right? Yeah, it was um, uproading. Um, and the rear bumper, and actually a lot of the front bumper, is also. Uh, a lot of plastic components. Yes. They're modular, which is good, because if you hit one side of it, you can replace just one side. Right, instead of having to replace the whole damn thing when yeah. you, you smack it. So that's great. Unfortunately, uh, Roman, the minor damage he did, uh, Roman tore into Andre's office and said, we need this replaced, make a phone call. Now, under normal circumstances, I would assume that getting a part, even on a fairly new, fairly new vehicle, I should say, would be no more than a month to six weeks out. And that's just because of, you know, some backups. But that's not the case here. No, it was one of the panels on, on the rear bumper. And he, all he did was he kind of drove over a, a little branch off-road. Right, one it's kind of plucked at it. And it plucked and pulled on the rear bumper and kind of split it, just a little, made a crack in it. That piece is still on back order. Still. This is like about four months have gone by. Exactly. So, yes, components are sp- sparse. Hard to find. I'm super happy. Knock on wood. Uh, I'm really glad the windshield wasn't broken because we get a lot of broken windshields. We get a ton of them, and we just we just stupid luck so far on that. So one. that would have been hard to find, I bet. Yes, and that's that's kind of my point. Yeah. Is that because this truck is so new and everything on it is new, replacing components, just simple components, can be time consuming and and may take you three or four times as long to do or even more. So just keep that in mind for those of you guys who are going to buy one. And it's the global uh, situation we're in right now. Exactly. The global Uh, situation is not making it any easier. No. And so uh, we're selling the Tundra. We're moving on to another truck. We don't want to announce it right here, right now. We do have a video coming up, actually. So if you're listening to us uh, right when the podcast went live, uh, tomorrow on TFL Truck, we have a full video showing what we are buying next uh, for the next 6 to 12 months, uh, mm-hmm. the next truck. It's very exciting. Um, so come back, please. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, and uh, we also have a video on our channel, TFL Truck, where we talk about what is it like to trade in a vehicle, mm-hmm. how difficult or easy it can be, and how to get, you know, what people sometimes people forget, they focus on the value of the new vehicle, and then they forget about the value of their trade-in, or they don't focus on that as much. Right. But what we're trying to say is, please focus on that too, because you can make a lot of money 
or save a lot or save a lot of money especially right now in yes. this economy yes because right now used vehicles are very desirable there's not a lot of new vehicles on sale right so as such uh, I think it's still a good time to <coughs> to own a new pickup truck because you can resell it without losing almost any value at least in the current economy yeah so um, once again we cannot tell you what we are getting to replace this truck but I will say one thing and I can say this I like the color of the new truck. Oh. That's all I'm saying. Okay. That's it. I think yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. all. Yeah, that's fine. And we are curious to what your guesses are about it. It's, um, it's going to be interesting to and see if, what you guys And if you say. go to some of our other channels, you will know, you will see mm-hmm. what we're getting. Yeah. Um, so so there, there you go. There, there you have it. So overall, um, I'm a little sad to see the Tundra go. Uh, but also some of the kind of annoying technology features that it had. Um, I'm looking forward. I'm looking to the future and um, cannot wait. That's right, guys. So thank you for joining us. Remember, every year we don't just get one. We get a couple different pickup trucks. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what it all boils down to this upcoming year. And you're going to find out really soon with this next truck. Yes, and hopefully this is useful for you guys because if you haven't bought a new Tundra yet, maybe this helps your decision mm-hmm. uh, depending on what you want to do, you know, what kind of trailers you're towing, etc. Yeah, and I wanted to mention one more thing. Speaking of if you're interested in buying a new Tundra, Andre did a great video. We call him Dilmer's Dude, I Love My Ride, where a guy bought an SR5, I believe. Yes. Uh, long bed. With a long bed, yes. yes. And he got a relatively inexpensive version, much less expensive than our truck. And it's a great video because it, it, it goes through an actual owner's experience, not some guys who are kind of jaded who have bought so many different trucks. And I highly recommend that video. That is on TFL Truck, right? I think it could have been on TFL Now it's as well. It's either on TFL and, Now or and, TFL Truck. And that owner, that was his fourth Tundra. Right. Like multiple generations of Tundras. Yeah. So he was very knowledgeable. He was, especially um, with like the interior components of yeah. what he liked and what he didn't like. So it's a, it's a fascinating video. I highly recommend it. So it's either on TFL Now or on TFL Truck. Blue Truck, I believe. And uh, you, you won't miss it. And I highly recommend checking that out. Thank you. And uh, remember, alltfl.com is where you'll find everything TFL. So thank you very much. Uh, my television is telling me to close down. Yeah, yeah. Everything is telling us to close <laughs> down. Cheers, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.